Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good evening and welcome, everyone. I'm Lydia Payne Johnson, principal owner of Sun Consulting. And we have been doing the Living Your Best Life wellness podcast series. This tonight, part one of our two-part series on getting back to work around managing anxiety for employees and employers and employees. Tonight, we're going to focus on um, employers, HR professionals, and uh, people managers. So, Businesses are reopening after this three-month sheltering-in-place period due to the COVID-19 shutdown, and it's going to bring a wrap. These, this reopening is going to bring a new round of anxiety and stress for uh, your employees, your colleagues, and for yourself. Many of the familiar workplace activities and routines are going to be significantly changed, and. Um, there are new rules of engagement. The proximity of workers, the common areas, using restrooms, commuting, all of those things are now coupled with a lot of the protests that are going on in the various cities have heightened the anxiety and stress level for all of us. So we are welcoming back tonight as guest co-host Richard Onkew, Um and Richard will share some uh, approaches. Uh, and let me just give you a little background on Richard. Richard has over 20 years' experience in HR training and development and recruiting. He's worked at uh, several Fortune 500 companies. Richard is also an independent business owner and teaches classes in spiritualism, tarot, and goal setting. He's a practicing Buddhist and believes in the power of manifestation. So say it, so be it. Richard currently has a meditation CD that's available on his website, www.guidancebyrichard.com. We're thrilled to have Richard back as a guest co-host. Richard, thank you for joining us this evening. To start us off, how should employers think about preparing uh, for the return of employees to the workplace Especially, um, especially in today's climate. Yes, um, thank you for having me. I'm really, I'm excited about this these two sessions. So, in particular, for um, from a, an employer standpoint, some of the things I took in consideration are the things that we are doing currently. So, some people have already been on the front line, if you will. We have essential workers. We have uh, some levels of transportation and other things that are out there here um, that we're doing in the U.S. I also was curious because it's kind of new for us here, but in my thoughts on coming up with this plan, I really also wanted to sample some other areas 
that were already other locations that were already kind of a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to uh, getting back to work. So I reached out um, to some countries that I am aware of, that I know some people, and these people are business owners. They work in manufacturing. So they have different levels of uh, getting back to work. And those countries I sampled were Costa Rica and Africa. I touched bases with Ghana and uh, Lagos, Trinidad and Barbados. So like I said, these in the conversations with these people, I was able to ask them questions about how are they handling their levels of pandemic. So with that being said, I kind of derived some of the common factors that all these things to this assessment. And one of the things I found that was common getting back to work was uh, some successful things that they did do as uh, a country and also as, as organizations. So the first one was leadership. What I found were that either the prime ministers, the managers, the leaders, uh, what they were doing is they really formulated different committees. They came together and they talked about what was happening. And they, they had either daily meetings or the prime minister would speak to the people once a week. On, and, and they all said Sunday for whatever reason, I guess at the beginning or the end, depending on how you look at it. And so they were really, really instrumental in helping bring down that level of anxiety because they gave people, the leaders took their role. So I think that's one I found that to be really important as a leader. The other part, the second one was acknowledgement. They just, not only did they acknowledge the state that they didn't necessarily know everything because it was evolving, but they did share with the community and the employees that, that piece of it, and at the same time, the people that had passed away, the numbers, some people that had over treatment, and then recovery. So they, even they were dealing with the facts of those truths, of the, the deaths, they were also talking about those that were recovering and then kind of giving uh, the, the hope by sharing that. But acknowledging all those factors were, were I think, were important to lower the anxiety. The other part, they shared their action plan. They also all had different stages of plans. So, like, the first stage, obviously, we're doing similar. It's really the essential workers, having plants them, having the necessary equipment, having all those things to, to function in their job. And it was really, um, really, really focused on making sure that everyone would have the right tools to be in place. And if the same thing, if they didn't have it, what was in the plan to make sure that by the next time they got together, that they had a response. And they also uh, allowed the community to bring their concerns, and they acknowledged those concerns, and then they at the same time addressed it. So, for an example, in the stages, they said, week one, we will be here, week two, we'll be there, and then every week that processor would then review what happened last week and what were the successes and what were their findings, and some things were not always perfect, but the idea that people were being told, that was really, really important in terms of that action plan, and they gave an opportunity to be involved in that process. The other one was really minimizing fear. So they really were really great about letting the employees know that they and the people know that they really care and that 
the reason they were sharing all these things. So that would lessen the amount of anxiety and also acknowledge that, that there was some anxiety and the fear that they may have in work. Um, the other great finding they, I have discovered, too, was when people first came in, they created stations when the people right at the door, whether it be a wash-your-hands station, hand them things, uh, the personalized, personalized stuff, their own sanitizing uh, solution. They had workstations. Um, they sprayed them. They did all the different things. And it, and it was two, two points, like I said, they would be either from a small business, they had that part, or from the larger ones, the manufacturing part, um, that's what they did. So they gave people another level of security. So, And they were really good about reaching out to the employees ahead of time so they already anticipated what that was going to look like. So they really, really didn't walk in blindly. They really had a sense. What I, the, the positive part that came out of all of that was that the, the people, they all and honestly said the same thing in these countries, is even though they're not completely all back and they're at different stages than going in the work environment, they really were not as worried. And I think a tribute to all these things that they had in place, which is, I think, it's really, really essential that we have to sort of focus on that in our, our, our plans. So um, with that, I also, those four areas were very important. I think those are the stages that, that as employers, people, business owners, we really want to concentrate in these areas. And so what I also did was tell me what I did these interviews with people in the organization and then, I, like I said, I drafted up a, a plan that kind of outlined how we would go about doing that. So from the leadership, if you as the employer would do things like first, acknowledge what's happening, discuss whether you know it or not, be really honest about it and just let them know that you do have some level prepared. Now, the messaging would best come from either the president or the manager or the owner these acknowledgments and just being able to say, um, and if it's HR, whoever the decision makers are, just saying, acknowledging that this will be the, that those key people are on the front line discussing, letting them know that that environment is inclusion, that makes employees feel a lesson of uh, concern of what's going to happen. The other one is um, just having mass communication. Map communication could be either like daily, weekly communications on the platform. It could be email. It could be on the employee uh, board. Uh, that could be either on, if you don't already have a platform, creating one of those platforms. So they can either add the messaging board. They can add the comments there. They can say their concerns. Someone acknowledges it, that you receive your comment, and then say we're going to respond to you by such and such thing. That that is a great thing, especially for people who are maybe just at home and they really don't know. You don't have a, a visual aid to see. Um, you don't get to see a person right now. So some you know we have Zoom and other things, but being able to either have somewhere that they know someone's going there's an inquiry on that platform. So if you don't have a messaging board of some type, that would be really really important to to create that to minimize that uh, fear space. The other thing is that environment of inclusion. Now, we all know with this new normal, and we're still discovering what that new normal is. And so some of the things that we uh, want to think about in those first days of going back 
is really um, about what having some kind of welcome packet. So either maybe it's a care package kit, maybe in the spaces that the that you have, making sure that you give people tangible things that make them feel included. That could be simple, having uh, your sanitizer with your label on it. It could be, you know, something, math, any of these things that we are acknowledging, we appreciate you. The idea of someone at the door, hey, you know, welcome back. I'm glad you have it back. I think those are really people will feel more like, oh, wow, they really took me in consideration. And, and if it's a small, it's easier to be done on a smaller case, but on a larger case, it may be a lot. But the idea that even having the leaders to be the ones that at the entry part and showing that they that they're acknowledging that your concerns, and but we've taken a proactive approach around that. Now the other flip side of it is just people who have passed away. So we don't want to act like it doesn't go on. So we unfortunately we are well over hundred thousand people or deceased now. And so that will, and most of us have had direct impact. So if you can imagine your peers that you've worked with and all of a sudden it's no longer here. So another suggesting about that is just acknowledging that person. Maybe create within the space that they were, um, not necessarily a shrine, but it could be just for a period of time. Let's just acknowledge uh, ABC, uh, whoever was working there, um, Lori or whoever will have her We'll just put a, something acknowledging. We'll, we'll have a moment of silence. We'll have something to acknowledge those people so they're never really gone away. And even from a long-lasting standpoint, even collectively planting a tree, maybe bringing a plant, maybe creating a dedicated space within your your um, place of employment, and just a kind of acknowledging those that, that they were not forgotten. It's not something that anyone's planned but we could still be really instrumental in, in remembering those those people. And words of encouragement, um, thank you cards, things that we can do and those kind of things, acknowledging those people who are passed away as well as the people who um, are here. The, the next one is really having a formalized action plan. Now, one of the things that a lot of companies already sort of have is the they have the business continuity plans. Just talk about how they may conduct business, or they may have even the disaster recovery, uh, recovery plan. So some of the one of the things that's very different now, and which is interesting in the finding as well, is even with these plans and these larger organizations, we still um, fell short with a lot of these concerns. So the pandemic is, you know, became business changed very differently. Um, and just factors that were sort of not included in these plans or they have plans and they weren't even looking at or even practicing that part. So I think the added, added piece of it is now being able to include these in your plan. So specifically, how are you going to be able to function? What about the employees? If you, are you going to provide them with some type of assessment? Um, are you going to agreement process? Something formalized and have it in that written uh, disaster plan, and then really sort of an emergency response. And that response would be inclusive from your organization, your actual company, but the second part of it is inclusive with your chamber of commerce, your other uh, localized businesses, because now as we see as a result, unfortunately, with these riot situations, so many impacted. So some will be able to function and most some won't. So as a community, 
do we really take that in consideration of the plan? And so we're learning through all of these unfortunate things that we want to be proactive and ready. So that will minimize a lot of anxiety from the employer, too, because you'll have something written and you'll have something to refer to, and then the employees let them be aware that there is such a strategy, there is such a plan, and there's something that was given in thought that protects everyone's interests. So the organization continues to function. The local, your local uh, officials, Chamber of Commerce is aware of what's going on, and they more than likely will want to be on board with that plan as well. So you almost have a true community plan that takes everyone in consideration. So in the event, we are, we are sort of ready. And that readiness, we haven't learned something already from this, there's so much talk now of when the weather changes. So when it's cold again, the anticipation of this could come back again. Well, of course, we don't want that. But what we're learning in our these experiences is that it becomes really important to take that factor in. So now if we have a plan, a structured plan across the board, it will then allow for pretty much everything that happens that we don't necessarily have to worry as much because then again, if people know you have something formalized, they know there's something referred to, you have resources, you're going to have less of the, the, the anxiety or the level of anxiety, and people will tend, tend to be more secure. Like I said, the findings that I did get from all that, that was the, the other countries I found that. So even though they have a number of less employees, they still have you know, larger businesses. But what I found really interesting um, in the stages of all these, they're, they're up to like, they have six stages, and most are only into the third stage. So they're halfway there, but the employees, as a result of some of these things, are not as worried. And so they give them a lot of flexibility. You can wear your mask, you cannot wear your mask, you know, not a suggestion you do that, but their you know, comfortability was the key thing I was getting at. They, they weren't really anxious, they weren't even as worried um, around going to work. Um, because these organizations did a lot of this. So Richard, can I ask a, a quick question? Um, and, and I should add for the listeners that um, we will open this up for questions if you have questions for Richard in about 15, 20 minutes. So Richard, um, let's say that the, uh, you know, employees are back and uh, we do have some differences from some of the countries, for example, taking an elevator, uh, being on an elevator with other people. Uh, there's, how, sh how should companies prepare or what measures should they take if an employee has a meltdown that somebody touched them, uh, they don't want to get on the elevator, they suddenly have this anxiety, what are some things you might recommend uh, could be done to try to mitigate that? So one of the key things there, that's a very good question, is one is acknowledging it. So the, that part, the anticipating that there will be some people who are very sensitive around these issues. So if we know in that in your plan you want to take some of those factors in there. So we just one would be obviously – a resource to communicate. You have to respectfully understand from that person's standpoint of view, there's still fear. So if fear can get lessened by the idea of creating an environment of known, 
most people are, they kind of freak out because it's unknown. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you're going to do. So if you as the person who is either the owner or the one who has uh, the authority to, like HR, to sort of handle something. So one, I think acknowledging for that's one. The second part is, you know, in that plan, making sure that you have, okay, here is your employee resource. We already have such like that. Uh, or if it's real quick or easy to be able to pull that person aside, cleaning your hands, here's some cleaning agents. Again, as much as you can take control of that situation and not let them see in some way this, this factor was not taken in control. So if you see the person get elevated now, the elevator says there's only, you're only allowed three people, and that person, one of those people, get on and freaks out. So we have to be able to be clear, okay, that is an incident, that is a real incident. How do we address that and from a larger standpoint? Okay, do we have a platform in place that deals with that? Do we have a, a fear? We can give information. Um, uh, a really good, simple thing is having people um, have information that they can, that's a one sheet, one easy, one-off prayer, or even just the idea of something positive. And then after that person comes down, you can say, listen, here's something I think might really help you that in terms of addressing one, formalizing, so now we've addressed what your concern was. And the second part of it is now what you want to do so that you can protect yourself and not feel like it was not even a factor or, or considered. Great. Um, when you talk about some of the local uh, organizations, what about organizations that may have, you know, things like comfort animals? would you suggest inviting them in if it's appropriate for a particular workspace? I think, yes. Um, I think there's a lot of things, that, again, still talking, and that should also be included in that plan, too. So this may be a stretch for some, depending on your expenses. But, for example, you even idea saying maybe once a week we're going to have someone come in, maybe coaching, maybe counseling in some way, talking these things out. I think people do really well when you have tangible things. Here's what we're going to do. Now, one of the things that comes to my mind is just being able to have someone come in um, and maybe do like a meditation, maybe having a breathing exercise, maybe doing something that helps people physically get some level of control. And then I then give them something. Here's a, here's a, a, a quick inspirational word. Check this out or something here. Well, why don't you use a, a book that allows you to open up to have some control? Like I said, the key thing is when the acknowledgement and the level of control and having that piece of it, that is one of the, the findings is, that's really, really important about that fear and that anxiety is to really maintain control. So even if a person feels like they're going to spin out of control, then you want to be as a leader to say, oh, I see it coming. Here's what we should probably do to address that. And the long piece of it is having people regularly come in to just kind of walk through some things. And then to add to that point, even an assessment of it, maybe you're not really the expert regarding that type of to look for that. So having people come in, you know, a couple of things, Olivia is really good about this from a security standpoint. It would be great to have someone come in. Do you have all your measures in place? And uh, being able to, you know, myself too, is places coming and going in and see and let me do an assessment. Let me see what's happening in your in your place. 
So let people who are familiar with techniques look for something. Because outside eyes, as you see it all the time, you may not be looking or even know what to look for. And as a person who has some level of expertise and seeing those things, will be able to say, you know what, here's something you might want to consider. Here's something you might want to add in your plan. Here's a, an approach. So not only just talking about it, the key thing is coming up with a solution, testing it, and if it works, checking on it and checking if it's relevant to the day. Because as we keep seeing now, things continue to unfold. So we can't even rely on at least we have a plan, we have some steps, but what's really important is to be able to follow up. That's, you know, a lot of us, we're guilty of that. So things that we just, we just we got comfortable. I mean, even though these issues were already out there, and that comfortability, man, we got caught off guard. So then being able to go back and refer to your, your disaster recovery plan, um, emergency response, you might want to do an assessment, check a check-in. Are we, are we really covering all the bases? Has things changed in the environment? We include that as well. For small, excuse me, Richard, for small businesses that may not have the resources to bring in somebody every week, for example, um, do you have any suggestion or guidance that you could provide? I think from a small business, it becomes now the, the owner kind of even, they might even want to check in for resources, so meaning train to train type thing. So maybe go to a couple of courses that kind of help students. And that doesn't have to be all the time. The great thing about small environments, you have less people to worry about. So you know you're you kind of really know your employees closer. You have really intimate conversations and you have strong relationships because of the, it's so close. So it'll probably be easier to see that and it'll probably make more sense from a very inexpensive you know, you could either, um, there's a lot of things online about free. Right now, there's so many resources about getting that type of training or in sponsorship. So, like I said, one of the things about that relationship with the Chamber of Commerce, you might be uh, able to, from another business that may be doing something locally and partner with them, and they may sponsor you as just acknowledging it as a, a local business owner. Great. So I'm going to pause. And I'm going to uh, provide the call-in number for any listeners that have some questions for Richard. Uh, the number is uh, 347-857-2878. That's 347-857-2878. So, Richard, tell us about the... Um, a little bit more about those businesses where a colleague has been, you know, has, has been impacted by the virus. They are no longer there or um, uh, maybe they are still uh, in the hospital and, or, they, or they had it and they recovered and now they are coming back to work. They've been cleared to go back to work. They, maybe others might consider them a little bit of a pariah because they had it. They really don't want to engage with them. How should the employers or HR or even people managers consider bridging that gap and those concerns? So one of the first important ones is 
we want to be comfortable in saying that sort of acknowledgement the person is allowed to come back to work. So obviously the doctor, the testing, I mean, don't want to really necessarily sound uh, mean in some way, but, and I think as a, as a HR professional, I think we will all agree that that would be step one is just verifying that you take the precautionary parts. And I don't think any person coming back would uh, not, so that, that would just be required. Most places would do that. So that would be one. So then you know you've already done your diligent work to make sure to protect that person themselves plus as everyone. So there's no there's no really um, ostracizing the person because they had it. And and so one, acknowledging that way, you've got confirmation that they were allowed to come back to work. The second part is just the, the, the conversations. So these are great stories with some people talking about with their, you can get sympathetic and empathetic at the same time because this could be you. So I think talking that, that, that sort of focal part to talk to the people and hear what, has, what they went through and how they overcame that, that gives people even more a level of security because, again, you're not trying to isolate them. You're not trying to, they, you know, fortunately there are a lot of people who have recovered. Um, and so, we don't want those people to feel like you made it and now you sort of didn't make it because you go back to work and you feel like everybody's looking at you because you were sick. You got to treat it like the same thing as a, when we take the, the, the type, type of cautions when people get sick. We have the cold. We get the flu. You know, we try to be diligent. We see person has that. We, we want to minimize that part of it um, in that way. But talking about it is really, really important. And acknowledging it is really, really important. So how do you make, again, the whole thing is about inclusion. We, we can never, it's never going to go away. We understand that, just like it's similar properties to the flu. So um, because of that, we know certain things that we can do to prevent some of those things from going, going to work, then I think that becomes really critical in terms of um, being able to make people comfortable that, you know, because I'm sure there's a different type of anxiety around that. Oh, my God, you know, so-and-so had it, now they're back, and how do we know they're not still carrying it, you know? So it still goes back to the control. All right, yes, we acknowledge so-and-so had it. She, he or she is doing well. They're coming back. They're coming back. You give them hands up. Oh, how do you, well, you know, are we sure? Then the person who is the owner, the HR rep, is your obligation to give people a sense of security. The person already gave us a doctor. We're not doctors, but they went to the doctor, got notes from that, verifying, so they are acknowledging that they don't have it or they recovered. Or the second part of it is we also remember we now give everybody a sanitation kit. You now can you have your own thing. You can wipe down your face. We have a cleaning service that comes in. So all this stuff that control and not have people being anxious, then it's like, oh, sounds like you got everything covered. Yes. And then you give them the opportunity. Do you think we missed something? Do you have an idea that we, because that inclusion says, we didn't just come up with these things. Um, we gave everyone the opportunity to speak their piece. And then what do you suggest we could do better? Because then the key thing is inclusion. Fear will go down when people feel like they have a lot of control. And that part gets better. Mm-hmm. And each day when you get no end, you go to your place and realize, okay, I can do this. It's not that bad. They really value me. They really seem like they've taken all the precautions. Now you want to look at yourself. Am I doing all the right things? So am I being considerate to my peers as well? So 
there's also, I mentioned at the top of the hour, that coming out of this lockdown period, we now have this new layer, and the new layer are the protests uh, that are going and growing across the country. So now you have this additional layer of emotions. Some people are angry. Some people are afraid. Some people are um, overly anxious about what is this going to be. Um, And just even having those conversations around what is this, what, you know, people are afraid of the, the future of their, their country, the future of the cities, the futures of their towns, uh, even small businesses that may not be able to reopen because they may be in the heart of where the, the protesters are. But there is this now, this, this extra added dimension of emotion in addition to the COVID concerns. Um, and it makes it very complicated because it's about race, it's about uh, police brutality, it's about a lot of different, you know, the lack of leadership in um, the country right now and just, you know, where is this taking us? So how would you suggest that employers also kind of bake into this um, post-lockdown period helping employees work through this. This is why I think what is approached those five corners, the leadership, mass communication, environment of inclusion, and action plans. I think that's why this is really important in terms of just being able to deal with almost look at every scenario encompassing this. So now the concern is what? They want someone, the leaders, to speak on acknowledging that this is happening. So there is a war zone going on. We acknowledge that. The job is going to be different. We, we came up with some flexibility. So the mass communication, you just found out the, this, this, this whole rising going on. As a leader, let me reach my employees. Let me let them know. Remember, we now have this platform, this messaging board. You can either call from there, check the messaging board, or be updated. Reach out to your employees and tell them what's going on, acknowledge that's happening. And then even if you don't even have the answers, the fact that you're acknowledging that it's happening, what's happened, to, unfortunately, mm-hmm. here, we have a lot of, we don't have all the truth. So people are left with what? Anxiety because of the unknown. So if no one's even acknowledging what's happening, then you just go, let's wait and see. This is what we are learning because we don't want to do. So that mass communication is critical. Environment inclusion. I'm in the same situation as you, as your boss. Definitely looking into it and trying to see what my local officials are doing. I check with the Chamber of Commerce. It's open, it's not open. But at least I'm telling you that this is what the plan is. The action plan is next step is today, this is where we're at. Tomorrow, I'm going to get an answer. I don't have an answer. I'm at least tell you I don't have an answer. Then that last part, that's like this. All those things you take the same structure and the formula becomes no matter what the scenario is, you're dealing. So it's a pandemic of a different look. But at the same time, if you're not able to function or your business is not running. So that part around how we make that, that next thing, like, okay, now just like the, how we address this pandemic, now we may be working from home. Or in cases where 
that you you have a formalized place you go to your business, and now because it was vandalized or or maybe it's now not working, tell the people that this is what happened. Don't go to work. We're trying to figure it all out. I'm not sure what the next steps are, but at least I want to tell you. I think that's really the biggest thing. Just going back to the reason a lot of anxiety is the fear of the unknown. So as much as we as the leaders have a sense of let me show you, we do have something, uh, a plan in place. Here is our emergency response regardless. And then how do we create this platform so that, that the employees still include it? As much as you can execute this, this structure, you're also going to feel like, you know what, let me refer to my plan. I'm not sure what to do with this, but let me check. There will be something documented. But even as you're the leader, may feel short. Let's refer back to my notes. Let me refer back to what I already have and say, I, I came up with something to address this. Don't get caught up in the idea that it is a pandemic versus a riot versus another event. Look at it as a, let me refer back to, I got to remain composure and have some love control so that people, there will be your your obligation to, to sense that we, do, we did take that into some type of factor. And here's what we did. And even more so, if you're not even sure, to say, I, I'm not really sure. But we're going to have something by such and such time. Thank you. Again, please feel free to call in. If you have questions for Richard, I'll give that number again. 347-857-2878. That's 347-857-2878. Seven, eight. Um, another question I have, Richard, is that, you know, some of this may impact the employee's performance. How should, um, you know, their managers, HR, even employers, uh, you know, performance evaluations, uh, maybe not immediately, but they're, they're, you could have distracted workers. I, I really encourage also that plan to add that as a part of it too. So let's say right now you there was this three months the company was closed or everyone was laid off. So during that time, that three months, a quarter of year, no evaluation. And maybe you didn't have the best evaluation before this happened. So all you have left is the last thing. So in this recovery piece of it, I think it becomes really critical that you add the factor in, we're going to add another three months into that time because the reality mm-hmm. is some of the, some of the things about the real the real conversations with employees saying we may not get raises, and that that's that same that on the plan. Well, wait, add that into that plan. You know what? Because we that was we really lost a lot during that that three months, and the real conversations right. around that, that announcement. Listen, we may not be getting raises, but at least we're still in business. We plan to stay in business, and because of that, your evaluation may be curved. Either we're going to stretch it for that period of time, so what would have been a year, maybe a year, three months on a technical, and get their buy-in. Guess what? They're addressing it to them. You're telling them, uh, well, my review is, you know, while we're doing the pandemic, I like my review, I didn't get it. You know, right. listen, I want to acknowledge that piece of it. Here's what we're going to do. The action plan is the same thing. So even that part in, in that written plan, include that piece of it. So when these things happen, 
you've got to make up for that time because there's no performance. There was no one working. So that part about adding in that extra time, you're, you're better off confronting that to an employee up front versus waiting them to tell you, oh, my review's coming up and I don't know what's going to happen. I probably, you know, one, I acknowledge right. there's a, a gap in time. Two, we were out of business and so everyone's impacted. And three, you may not be getting anything as a result of this. It really interrupt, interrupted our business. And as a result of that, we were still able to stay in business, your salary, all expenses associated with that. And as a trade-off would be, you're probably not going to get raises this year. But respectfully, we'll add the review time in there. But just, you know, I think the same strategy is you want to include that in your action plan. So now we have this riot situation. So we're going to add, now we have another time. So all that part about the being sincere and also adding, being aware of these changes, you, you want, that's why it says manipulate that action plan. So now this is something maybe we didn't take this sort of in, in, in our approach, but we can still refer to what we've already had in our experiences to allow us to be proactive about how we're going to deal with this. Don't wait until when they go back and how it goes back to work and now you're dealing with it because then people don't feel like you really were, you weren't really prepared. And then you want people to have an environment of safety, inclusion, and you, you've given some thought about what this uh, new normal is going to look like. Okay, Richard, we do have a caller, so I'm going to um, put them in. Okay. Good evening, caller. You have a question for Richard? Hello? Hello. Yes, hi. Yes, hi. So how are you? <clears throat> so my it's question fine. for Richard Thank you. Good. Is um, my name is Karen. My question for Richard, in reference to everything that you said and kind of summarized in terms of having the action plan and making everyone feel safe um, from, and I think that all of that is perfect, especially as a small business owner. These are great tips for us as we get you know back into work. But as far as kind of from what we've learned in terms of just managing people and you know bringing people together. It's not necessarily about people changing their behavior. It's changing almost the way that they think. So collectively all kind of trying to come together and, um, you know, think kind of or believe in the same thing. And in a time now where we are faced with so much uncertainty because so many people have had different experiences with the pandemic and now also with the rioting, you know, there's a lot of division as to who feels who is right, who is wrong, who's directly affected, who feels like they're not, you know, everyone is kind of now trying to come back into a place to work. Um, but I think doesn't, you know, there's, I think just a lot of skepticism. And I was just wondering if you have a recommendation in terms of trying to kind of bring everyone together. Is it best to try to lead first with establishing trust, establishing um, an open forum that all views are welcome and are respected and then kind of, you know, moving forward with the safety protocol and kind of like the day-to-day, here's what we're going to do. I just feel like there's something we need to do from the beginning so that people understand that, yes, this is obviously our livelihood and our, um, you know, we need to work, we need to kind of drill down. But also we know that everyone's hearts are kind of being pulled in all different directions and we're all upset. So it's like how do we kind of just first, I think, not necessarily clear the air, but build that bond together to move forward in a positive way. Yes, that's why I'm a big advocate of focus groups. 
So I think mm-hmm. when you're in a small place with your employees, that environmental inclusion means that I want to talk about some of these things. The acknowledge, it still goes back to the same in terms of the acknowledgement part. I know there's a lot of anxiety. I know you're confused. I know you feel hurt. You feel, but here's what we're doing. I, let's create. How would you feel about being on this team with us? How about the four or five of us get together, let's meet and talk about it? Tell me what can I do differently? As much as you can engage them, because one, you already may have your idea of what you want to do, but the, the employee is going to feel that inclusive inclusion and less anxiety because you offer to give them a chance to be part of that team. It's not required. But here's what you know, I want. I want everyone to feel that. Here's the, the truth. We just went through this. We just went through that. Here's where we're at. As much as you can give people with that and stay focused in that truth part and then the action affiliated with that, you wanna we have a focus group now. You're included. Would you like to lead the focus group? How do you think we should do differently? Here's the idea that I have. So then people it will lower that part of it. You have to remain again, you may not feel comfortable to, to know all the answers, but at least having some kind of action in place at least feels more Cure versus just winging it. Just let me see what happens. Um, so that's why I said, you know what? First day, acknowledging the people who may or may not be here. It might be your neighboring businesses. It may be your, the, the guy next to, to you. But acknowledging that part, so is not scared. You know what? I think we're going to do a moment of silence. If, you're, if everyone's okay, let's just acknowledge the people that have passed away. Maybe say something inspirational from that, forward thinking today and tomorrow. And then that part about here's what we're going to do with additional things that happen, and here's what I think we should do moving forward. Do you think that's a great idea? And if it's not, here, you, you want to be able to extract what it is. It's almost like shooting at a target and you don't even know what you're shooting at. So if you mm-hmm. don't know what the concerns are and it's almost creating something that you don't, you, don't, you don't know what you're addressing because they haven't shared anything. So if they give you some information to work with that allows you to be able to feel clear about, okay, I think this is going to help us with our team. Right. And, you know, I think there's a fine line, too, between trying to focus on redirect things towards work, but also you don't want people to feel like, oh, well, I just care about his work and I'm just a body here and, you know, nobody cares how I'm feeling. So I think that's a great idea to maybe just hopefully open it up initially. And then from there we can, you know, everyone will feel more comfortable. So thank you. One of the things I've learned in my travels is one of these principles is called emotional people are predictable. So if we operate off of our emotions, you're not going to think like a business person. So you right. got you to anticipate that, that emotion part. Okay, someone's got to have control. Um, I learned that, and I was like, okay, and I didn't know what that meant, but I realized in my travels, like, oh, okay, I do get it. So i got to take in fact that I still need to be clear about I still need them to do their job. At the same time, I still need them to come to work, you know. So exactly. how do I manage that part and still be productive because you're running a business? You see what I mean? You're not dismissing exactly. the idea because you can't be emotional for everybody. And then at the end of the day, they feel better and you got nothing done. Exactly. So you see what I mean? So being able to manage that part that's still as the owner to have control of that, taking that factor of that emotion is there. I'm acknowledging those, the emotion, and here's my suggestion of what we could do. Okay. Does that answer your question? Did that yes, your definitely. Question, uh, yes, thank you very much. Okay. Yes. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, again, the number is 347 857 
1978. Um, so, you know, I like the idea of the focus groups, Richard. How do you manage those employees who are really very emotional, very angry? Um, how do you help that from not infecting the group in a way? You do want to provide that open forum for um, discussion, but you also don't want to um, have it kind of go down a rabbit hole where either somebody's very angry or they're very um, sad, depressed, because they may have lost a loved one or maybe they were close to a colleague who was lost. So how would you recommend um, that the, the businesses handle that? That's a really good question. So I would really suggest there would be acknowledgement. So if you say Jonathan is comes to work and he every day quietly is just toxic. He's not oh you don't know this is they don't think you know, they're saying all the things and people get on board. Nothing wrong with that. So I'm saying acknowledge the challenge on the front, you know, as me as being the manager, the HR, the owner, can I talk to you just privately, just wanna see what it is. All you can do is call it out. And when you call it out first, like, no, that's not enough. Okay. Because I just want to make sure we're working that we have to be think of everyone. So that everyone is calling it out and saying, we don't want people to feel uncomfortable coming to work, and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. Is it something I can do? Do you want to, is it something that, that's happened that you want to share with me? You call it out. So that's the action means I'm acknowledging your toxic. And that it doesn't mean it has to be a bad thing. That fear makes people get you want a different – it's a negative attention. You want attention. This whole strategy about anxiety is really acknowledging what it is and dealing with it head on. And so the fear of not being able to deal with that person, you as a person have to be comfortable to be able to address it. Johnny's not really acting appropriately. He's still here to do a job. And I want him to know what can we do to make it better. I, you know, this is not helping the collective. Together, we're not – it's not performing what we need to. So either I could give, I, one, I address it head on. The second part is I can give them a suggestion of solution. And what if there's a scruffle? who just not, I don't want to do that. Okay. But then the tying back is reminding them, you, you understand we are here. We're here for everyone, but we are here to, to perform a duty. So is it something I can do to make you more effective that you do it? Calling it out is the only way, you know. Because, you know, some people may already be bitter before they this even happened. They just not have another reason. So then those parts of that will, even as professionals, we avoid that too. When we know, um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want, you should. It's that as a leader, it's your obligation. You're, you're there to make the, the company effective and successful. So if people are not in that, in the, on the same board and you're doing everything to get them there, it's really your obligation to, to confront it and take action on that. So is it a, uh, also a take on if you see something, say something? You know, which Absolutely. can also go in other directions, but um, if somebody is overly withdrawn or somebody is really, you know, uh, they can be angry all the time or they're crying all the time or they're, they're just not engaging like they did, uh, should a business have like an expansion on that if you see something, say so, something approach. 
I agree. Yes, absolutely. That would be also in that initial conversation around just talking at open open forum and kind of reiterate that same mm-hmm. thing because you know somebody could be it could be a silent killer for some people. You don't even know they really really internalize a lot. They're just not even present. You know, you don't want your employees to feel that way either because you're you're being conscious about your actions. You're you're there as a resource, and you're so even that silence deserves someone to mention it. So if you don't observe it. And giving coworkers the the authority to just bring it up doesn't mean it's telling on someone. We're all adults here. So that part about someone's hurting or something is not, you know, there's something more going on here. I would hope that your peer would at least bring it to someone's attention to at least allow someone who can speak to that person about it, about dealing with it. Right. Okay. Uh, in our remaining, um, I can't believe it's almost five minutes we have left. Uh, we'll give the number again, uh, 347-857-2878, if you have questions for Richard. So, Richard, just some closing thoughts and uh, additional guidance. Uh, could you share it with the listeners? So what I'm going to do is I've already outlined this strategy, and I'm going to include that on my website too. But the, the key takeaways are leadership, communication, math communication, the environment of inclusion, and an action plan. So if you keep in mind those four those four pointers, I think that's going to really have you have a, a method to lower the amount of anxiety. So the anxiety, again, even as a leader or you're not unsure, the key thing is control. So even if you don't have all the answers, if you at least start the strategy outlining something so maybe you're not a large organization. Maybe you don't have a disaster plan. Maybe you don't have a ready response. But given that some of the things that have actually happened to you, I think this is at least gives you an outline, a platform that allows you to be able to feel comfortable, at least having a direction and some level of guidance. Um, and then I would also, like I said, about the, the Chamber of Commerce, I think that's a, what your local officials are doing as we go from now, everyone's sort of there, and they may already have something that you may not even be aware of. It doesn't mean you don't have to you want to, you have to join the Chamber of Commerce, but it would be really great to really touch base with your local officials because they may already have something that you weren't even aware that was accessible to you. And then you, another thing that you don't necessarily have to recreate. Richard, could you provide the listeners with your um, website address again? Sure. Um, it's guidancebyrichard.com. I'm going to try to put all this stuff on it probably tomorrow, so you should be able to, to review it. Um, and also have other resources on there, too. So if you're interested, take a look at that, too. And even in terms of if you want to talk about your own personal assessment, you want to walk through it, I'm open to that as well. So a little counsel regarding that. Um, fortunately, I have done these. I've been on teams that have done disaster recovery plans. That's not unusual. But formalizing it, everyone feels better when he has something to refer to. And it's just the way we're, we're educated people. And as a result of that, when we have something that's something I at least have a frame of reference, it gives us the, a little bit of security and not be so as fearful that, like, I really don't know what's going to have nothing to do. But that, that how you lower the anxiety, um, I think you have to be very, you have to have a level of control. 
Well, this was really great, very informative, extremely timely. Um, thank you so much, Richard. And thank you, listeners. I want to mention the we have some upcoming podcasts. Well, part two of this uh, getting back to work post-lockout and anxiety management will be next Tuesday at, again, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time. And the focus there will be to talk more about what you or employees themselves can do for themselves. A little slightly different focus. And Richard on cue again will be my my guest co-host. And then this Thursday, uh, we have a podcast called On the Breath around uh, breath work and using your breath and your respiratory system to help to help heal your mind, body, and spirit. My guest co-host will be Saidia Murphy with Saidia Therapy Lady, um, and that's going to be really exciting. Saidia is going to talk about the mechanics of breathing. And one thing we know about COVID is that if you have stronger lungs or a stronger respiratory system, you're in a better position to uh, to recover from it as well as to fight it off. So that on Thursday, this Thursday, June 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern time and 7 p.m. Central time. So I hope you'll be able to join us for, for both. And I should remind everybody that these broadcasts are available uh, for rebroadcast. If you want to hear it again or you miss one, you can use the same link to get to Blog Talk Radio and um, just click on the link and you'll be able to replay the broadcast. So with that, again, I want to thank Richard Onkew. I want to thank each of you that have dialed in this evening. Uh, Please stay safe. Please stay healthy. And I hope to see you again on the radio. Good night. Good night. Thank you.